This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The Simi Sarah Show continues with your host, Mike Smith. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi today. If that music is taking you back, it's because that is indeed the old cutting edge of the ledge theme. We're doing it old school here. We're kicking back to the days of cutting edge of the ledge with Bill Good. And we got the cutting edge of the ledge panelists assembled. We got Vaughn Palmer, uh, columnist at the Vancouver Sun. Vaughn, thanks for coming in. Getting the band back together again. There you go. Yeah, getting the band back together. And we got Keith Baldry for c- coming in. Thanks, Keith. Hey, always great to be here. Like old times. This reminds me of a uh, a line from one of my favorite movies. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Not exactly on a mission from God, but we are putting the band back together. How long did you guys do Cutting Edge of the Ledge with, uh, with Bill Good back in the day? I think it was about... 12 to 15 years every yeah. friday 10 to 11 uh, an hour-long show uh taking lots of calls we had regular callers sam from white rock was always there dave from the east end brian from powell river and john the philosopher king from hornby island yes and you you guys always enjoyed no i, I know i remember vaughn saying that was probably one of your highlights of the week always doing that segment it was huge fun, Mike, and one of the things that used to happen because of the calls and because we did it every week was if people used to play Stump the Panel. Like Stump you had panel, to yeah. have the internet on and your database ready because people would phone in and ask the most amazing things. And if you were really stuck, Bill would cut to a commercial. But when you came back, you were expected to have the answer. And right. sometimes it didn't have a hell of a lot to do with BC politics, uh, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Okay, well, one of the great things about the segment is there's always a lot of raw material. You know, in BC politics, there's never a lack of uh, stuff going on, and this week is no exception. So let's get to the stuff that's going on here right now, guys. Vaughn, let's talk a little preview. Maybe you could set the table for us for this afternoon, 11 a.m. We're getting the provincial report in from John Horgan's public inquiry into gas prices. What are you expecting there? Well, this is uh, indeed at 11 o'clock, and if people want to follow what the announcement is, the uh, report itself will be posted on the BC Utilities Commission website at 11, and the BCUC has also set up live streaming of the press conference where the head of the commission is going to announce the We're going to have it live here on the show, too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, the challenge here is that Horgan wanted... Why are gas prices fluctuating? Why are they high? Uh, going back to 2015, but he also ordered the commission to stay the hell away from any recommendations that would require changes in provincial taxation or regulation. Many of the submissions to the commission point out that provincial taxes, taxes on gasoline, which are among the highest in Canada, and provincial regulations which require special gasoline to be produced for the bc market are one of the things that drove up the price so what can the commission say about that can it really ignore it so it's almost like he's shielding himself from any scrutiny keith yeah, no, the, he, the terms of reference really shackled the, uh, the commission's ability to get to the bottom of uh, the, the ongoing mystery why gas costs the, what it does. Uh, more than one-third of the price of gas is due to uh, 
taxation. We pay more in taxes than pretty well any jurisdiction in Canada, particularly in Metro Vancouver because of the TransLink tax. Now, these are taxes that are dedicated revenue streams largely for transit and such, but as Vaughn points out, the added uh, addition of uh, specialized uh, uh, refining rules and the, the type of gasoline that actually is on the market in BC also drives up the price of gas. So I'm not expecting any miracles here from this, well, this inquiry, I, and it's not going to lead to a reduction in the price of gas. Well, do you remember at the start of this whole thing, Vaughn, Horgan said, the reason we got high gas prices here is don't look at me. Don't point the finger at me. This has got nothing to do with taxes. This is about gouging. This is about these this big oil, these big gas companies gouging people at the gas pump. Is there any chance at all that this report coming out in less than an hour now is going to point the finger at these gas companies and say, yeah, you guys are colluding. You are You are gouging people. Well, the head of the commission, David Morton, has already said he will not use the gouging word. He said that is up for the public to decide that. But one of the interesting things he might say is that there's a lot of evidence presented to the commission that one of the reasons prices are high here is because not as much gasoline is being sent through the existing pipeline right, as right. was being done four or five years ago. So, be in, And the Premier says we need more gas in the pipeline. So it would be really interesting if the Commission came along and said, the Premier's right, there are ways to get more gasoline through the pipeline, oh. and that needs to happen. Mm, yeah. It would take action by the federal government, the National Energy Board, and the industry to do that, but it okay. might address long-term shortages here. Okay, we're keeping our ears open for that. So just another quick heads up for you. That's coming up at the top of the hour, and we'll bring you live coverage of the release of that report from the public inquiry into gas prices. Let's shift gears a little bit here, guys, and talk about the looming federal election. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, back in B.C. yesterday, had an interesting uh, news conference with his very close buddy, Premier John Horgan. Here's a listen to that. Whenever I sit down with John, I'm reminded how much progress can be made for middle-class Canadians when forward-thinking governments work together. Thank you, John, for your leadership, your partnership, and your friendship. Over these past years, we've been able to work together. We've been able to get big things done for British Columbians and, indeed, uh, showed Canadians how things can be done when people work together. What a bromance here, Keith, as you called it. What's going on with these two? Yeah, well, these two basically are each other's best uh, political friends across the country. Justin Trudeau is surrounded by conservative premiers. Uh, in almost every province. John Horgan likes what he gets from Trudeau in terms of the federal dollars that are flowing BC's way. Yesterday, a joint 50-50, $680 million announcement to electrify the oil and gas industry. You've got Trudeau stepping up to the plate for, for the Broadway subway line and other transit lines in Metro Vancouver. So these guys are best buds. And then again today, Trudeau was with Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart, former NDP MP, who's also singing Trudeau's praises. This is an example, I think, of both these NDP politicians realizing their best bet is with Trudeau. And that's why they're not going to come out and say it, but they right. want they want Trudeau to be reelected in the fall. They have a good relationship yeah. with him. Call it a bromance. The guy who must be the most uncomfortable person is the guy who's up for nomination tonight in Burnaby South. That would be NDP leader Jugmeet Singh. This must just drive him crazy. He's like a third wheel on a... On a blind date here. What's going on? Vaughn. Well, British Columbia is going to be a battleground in this election. Uh, we already know there's a lot of writings in the province where there'll be four political parties in play. And look, from an NDP point of view, uh, you may want to wish to support your national party, but you know that if the vote splits three ways, Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives could win seats here in the province with just a little over a third of the vote. And I think New Democrats look at it, a lot of them, and they go, 
no, you know, we don't want share. We don't want the conservatives in Ottawa, so we're going to have to support right. Trudeau. That's right. the best chance we have of beating share. Yeah, I mean, the two parties, federally and provincially, NDP, are constitutionally connected. I mean, they're kind of the same party, effectively. So I'm, I'm sure Scheer, or, or Jugmeet Singh, probably doesn't like seeing Trudeau do these uh, cozy photo ops with, with Trudeau. On the other hand, the chance of Jugmeet Singh becoming the prime minister in this election is... Zero. Mm-hmm. There's only two people who are going to end up prime minister. It's going to be Trudeau or Andrew Scheer. And like you said, I mean, uh, Horgan and his government would like, they want Trudeau to get reelected. They would never admit that publicly, but that's what they want. Oh, I, I've talked to a number of New Democrats privately who say yes, exactly what they want. They fear a Scheer government. So they don't think they get as much from Scheer as they would from, from Trudeau. And also philosophically and ideologically, I mean, there's just no, there's no connection between the NDP yeah. and Andrew Scheer. But there is a bit of connection between Trudeau, who again praised BC for its carbon tax yesterday, right. which he wants to bring in nationally. So there's, there's um, some unanimity on, on a number of issues between Trudeau and the uh, provincial NDP. But again, the NDP is no longer in opposition. They're now in government, and they view things differently than they did in opposition. They view they're they're governing, and they need help to govern, and that means getting help from Ottawa. That means getting help from Trudeau. Okay, let's uh, talk about another big story this week, guys, and that was ride-hailing. Uber, the biggest ride-hailing company on the planet, making it official this week. They will apply for an operating license in British Columbia. This has been a a political hot potato here for years. Here's Michael Van Hemmen from Uber. Uh, the main requirements are, are that are you able to provide the service um, and provide it sustainably or, or are you kind of a, f- a fly-by-night kind of operator? Um, and, and then as well, is there a need for the service? And the answer to those two, two questions are absolutely. And then the third is what impact do you have on the general, on the overall industry? And, and the impact that we've seen is that ride-sharing continues to exist alongside taxi and limo everywhere else in the world. And uh, we expect that to, to happen here, here in BC as well. Vaughn, what are the politics of this ride-hailing right now? I, uh, judging from what the taxi industry is saying, and it has a lot of political clout in British Columbia, as we know, uh, the industry believed that their friends in the NDP government were going to make sure we weren't going to get ride-hailing in the province, and yeah. they're astonished, still picking themselves up off the floor, that... <laughs> <laughs> the the, the passenger transportation board appointed by the NDP government has cleared the way for Lyft and Uber, and they're coming to the province. And I think behind the scenes, they're not trying to use all the political connections they have to persuade the government to back away from this. Yeah. But the government is going to be incredibly embarrassed having set in motion an independent process yeah. if they now have to rein this in and say, wait a minute, yeah, the, the passenger transportation board made a big mistake, and we're going to have to second guess like They could do that, I guess, if they wanted. The government seems seems nervous, Keith. I mean, you've got Ginny Sims, cabinet minister, this week saying she wants an immediate review of this, that she's shocked that this is happening. She doesn't want to... She's worried about job losses in the taxi sector. What are the chances that the government blinks on this in in any way? Well, I think the one thing they could revisit, and Mike Farmer, the Solicitor General, already has criticized this, that there's no cap on the number of uh, taxi uh, ride-hailing uh, services, ride-hailing drivers. drivers. That may be revisited. I mean, you've got you've got a cabinet minister criticizing that. You've got another cabinet minister, Ginny Sims, being upset about when cabinet ministers are upset about a government policy. Uh, there is a chance those policies can be revisited. But the overall, the decision's been made. It's coming in. Uh, I was surprised that there's no, basically no boundaries in Metro Vancouver for this. So two things can happen. One, they could revisit the cap issue. Two, they could revisit the the fact that boundaries remain for the taxi industry. That may be changed as well. But I think the basic the basic decision's been made. Right, Haley's coming in. Okay, real quick, Vaughn, then we'll take a few phone calls here in the open line. Do you think the Liberals 
are kind of secretly happy sitting on the sidelines watching the taxi companies now threaten the NDP with recall campaigns. I mean, the, liber- <laughs> the I think the liberals are kind of enjoying that. Uh, they they have to be, you know. They yeah. spent five years caving to the taxi yeah. industry, yeah. and they're now t- hoping that the industry can do the same to the NDP. But you pointed it out this week. The Passenger Transportation Board did just what a legislature committee recommended, right. yeah. and the cabinet appoints the board. Right. These are NDP appointees that that double cross the industry. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number to call. Star ninety eight ninety eight. On your cell, Remo in Kamloops. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Well, I'm um, I'm in a U-Haul leaving BC because this pro- province destroyed me financially with all this liberalism and NDP running it, and you know you can't make it here anymore. It's and we need some conservativeness in this province. What What did the government do that hurt your business? Okay, well, they passed a law stating now in the limo industry that we have to have a babysitter in the back end. I mean, a human being that's paid for in the back end of a limousine to monitor you to make sure you're not drinking and wearing your seatbelt. He's got to have taxi host license. He's got to have first aid. He's got to have all well, this Well, that's stuff. because we've had some tragedies with these party buses in the past. I, I understand that, yeah. but the fact of the matter is they completely destroy the industry. Why does one person speak for a whole industry in this country? Okay, okay, Remo, thanks for calling in. Well, Vaughn, you know, the Achilles heel of this government might be any kind of perception that they're hurting business with, with taxes or anything else. Your thoughts? Yes, although that certainly hasn't shown up in either the economic growth or the unemployment or the budget surplus numbers yet. Now, we may get a little bit of an alarming report from the finance ministry when they release the quarterly financial in early September. But the first two years of John Horgan government, the economic numbers have been pretty good. Yeah, the, well, the rumblings around here is that the quarterly report may not be quite as rosy as the government hoped for when they tabled its budget in the spring. So we're going to be looking at those numbers, so the rep, particularly the revenue numbers to the government. Uh, BC Central One Credit Union has forecast a, a bit of a slump in the BC economy going forward. Uh, not a huge one, but you know the, the, the days of steady economic growth may be uh, not coming to a close, but certainly per- perhaps taking a time out. And that may have a, an impact on Horgan and the NDP's popularity. Let me, let me ask you about another topic that was uh, in the news this week, Vaughn, and that's ICBC and the rate reforms that we've, we've seen brought in, the new rate structure officially kicking in on Sunday, um, but some people get, seeing it on their renewals for ICBC right now. You've got the Liberals and Andrew Wilkinson kind of hinting they might go to privatization on uh, auto insurance. You got the the union at ICBC launching a, a public information and an advertising campaign warning people against the dangers of privatization. Is this a big issue in the going forward? I think it's a big issue because people are looking at really two rate increases working together starting in September. There was a rate increase April the first, and then there's a change in the structure of rates. So people are seeing significant increases if they're renewing on the 1st of September. But I would point out that we've had big changes of government in the past. Uh, We got social credit in 75. We got the liberals come in in 2001. And even though they were both critical of ICBC before they got into power, they left it alone. They kept it the way it is. I have my doubts that 
uh, the liberals will well they maybe they will risk it politically this time but in the past there's been a lot of bad mouthing of icbc by parties other than the ndp but we've seen when they get in power icbc survives yeah i think uh, i'd be surprised the liberals actually go the full route and call for privatization but i do think they're going to make icbc a bit of an election issue icbc by its own acknowledgement uh, says that the new rate structure takes effect in september that more than half the drivers will be better off 55% or something is Estimate. Well, that still means 45% of the drivers out there are going to get a, a kick in the teeth uh, rate hike because yeah. of the two rate hikes Vaughn talked about and also the changes in the rate structure. So if you've got 45% of the electorate upset about something, that's something another political party will try to take advantage of. But privatization, I don't think they'll go that far. Guys, it's been fun. Let's do it again. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it a lot. Let's do it again. All right. That is Keith Baldry from Global TV's Legislative Bureau Chief, Vaughn Palmer, columnist at the Vancouver Sun. That is your cutting edge of the ledge.